You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Should Have Been a Cowgirl. I'm your host, Jenna Heideman. And I'm your producer, Freeman Arthur. Jenna, the show that you named is Should Have Been a Cowgirl, which is a play on of Should Have Been a Cowboy from Toby Keith. And sadly, we lost Toby last week. We did. We will do a whole episode doing a tribute of Toby Keith. Next week, this week, we have Drake Milligan on the show, so stay tuned in. Next week, we will do a Toby Keith tribute, going through all the stuff, but just on offhand, like, which, what was your favorite Toby Keith song? When you just asked me that, I wanted to say Dreamwalking off the top of my head, <sighs> and I love Dreamwalking, but there's so many good ones, so we'll dive in next week. Yeah, I love Beer for My Horses. That was okay. always my favorite one. I love Beer for My Horses, and I feel like that's not a song that could be released today. <laughs> Probably not. No, probably not. I really just like it for the drums. I think I've talked about that on the show before. I think we have. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've talked about that. But that was that was one of my my favorites. Toby Keith was wonderful. He was a great guy from every. I didn't know him personally. Did you? No, I didn't know him personally. But I feel like it's really cool to see all the artists and everyone sharing Mm -hmm. their experiences and just noting like it. No one ever just said like, "Hey, he has great songs." It's always been like he's a great person, a great friend, a great brother. Like. He's been a great guy. Yeah, yeah. So next week, like I said, we'll do a whole whole tribute on Toby Keith. But today is the Super Bowl. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs facing off against the San Francisco 49ers in Las Vegas. First of all, Jenna, do you think Taylor Swift is going to show up to the Super Bowl? Yes. I think But she so has too. given a cease and desist to people tracking her par- private jet. I'm What? <laughs> Yes, she sent a cease and desist, I believe, to someone who's been tracking her tracking her private jet. And I mean, I get it. I'd be a little nervous if I was her, and I always had people tracking my private jet well, too. Yeah. So, because there's been all the you know there's been all those trackers, and then all this like, will it make it back? But that is absolutely insane. I do I think she'll be people. there, and I hope Kansas City wins. For the Taylor Swift running on the field moment. No. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Do you think that she's going to upstage Usher in the halftime show? No. Amanda's over here in the corner (laughs) getting so angry. I brought my wife today to work, but yes. No, I don't. I mean, Usher's going to crush the halftime show today. Yeah. The last, I don't know if it was last year's, but what was the year where they had like all the little mirrors and the mask on and stuff? It was, I don't remember who the artist was. It the weekend? It was the weekend. You remember when the weekend did the halftime show? That was weird. Not really. It, you don't remember? <laughs> did you know, though, that the last, con- you know, who the last country artist to do the halftime show was? Shania Twain. I think it was Clint Black. Clint Black. He did that Super Bowl halftime show back in the day. Oh, okay. Hey, he's coming to the Ryman here in Nashville on February 18th, right? Yeah. Okay, thanks for the tickets. We'll be there. I do appreciate (laughs) it. Thank you for that. All right, everybody. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman. Whenever we come back, we've got an exclusive interview with Drake Milligan. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back. Should Have Been a Cowgirl. We are in our Music Row studio joined by Drake Milligan. Should Have Been a Cowgirl. <laughs> we, need a, we need a new intro so you can... We do, especially with Toby's passing. We I know. Need, we, need, we need something from, yeah. from Drake. But Drake, thank you so much for taking time. I know you've got a busy schedule 
I mean, you are just all over the place. I mean, you have shot up in the country music scene, and I mean, have just become one of the trailblazers for traditional country music especially. So we're very thankful that you took time out of your schedule to be here with us. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here, man. I've been hanging around Nashville the last couple weeks. It's nice to feel like a normal person before I go back out on the road. I, I was joking with somebody earlier. I was like, man, I was cleaning my windows, and I felt... I just I was loving it. I was like, man, this is what it feels like to actually like get stuff done around the house, and so it's been nice and writing songs and all that. So I'm glad I'm glad to be here. I'm glad I could stop over and see y'all. So obviously you've got roots here in Nashville now, but let's go back to the very beginning because you've got a deep history down there in the big old state of Texas. So tell mm-hmm. us tell us everything about what it was like growing up there. Your influences. Give us the whole backstory. Well, uh, I mean, I grew up just south of Fort Worth, Texas, kind of the Mansfield area. And, um, I mean, my parents, my dad's a, runs a scrapyard. That's kind of the family business, if you will. My grandpa started it. My dad runs it now and, and, uh, my brother's going into it and I'm sure he'll run that business someday. And, and, uh, my mom was a veterinarian, had her own practice for 30 years. And, and I mean, they're just, I grew up with a lot, with a lot of really good country music. I mean, just growing up in Texas, you know, the radio stations there played, you know, George Strait every hour and, and Alan Jackson and Randy Travis and, and I was growing up in kind of that, you know, there was that kind of early 2000s of, you know, Dirks and Easton Corbin, Joe Nichols, all that stuff that I really loved that kind of was still it's great playing. Um, I grew up loving that. And my dad's a big Merle fan, lots of lots of Merle. I still have his. He had a CD in, in his Suburban that um, still in there. It's like the 15 number ones of Merle Haggard. And it's got the great his recording of Cherokee Maiden which I love. Uh, it's got Ramblin' Fever, I believe, on there. It's got it's all in the movies. Um, Silver Wings. Uh, that was like, that's for the earliest, I just remember loving those country songs and loving like Alan's Under the Influence record. That mm-hmm. was real. When I was a kid, I, I just couldn't get enough of that. Pop a Top and Blues Man. And it wasn't, when I was about seven years old, everything kind of, turn for me I, I was always interested in music and I think I st- I'd started playing maybe a t- taking guitar lessons at that point and I saw an Elvis impersonator by total accident out eating with my family one night at burger joint and this guy I was still friends with him his name's Carlton Hurdle he's about six foot seven and he's got the he's got the nice jumpsuits and he's you know he he loves he, he's got a you know an, a, another job and, and just loves you know um you know, every Wednesday, you know, go down to the burger joint and sing some Elvis songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just, I was enthralled. I was like, what is this? What's going on? I got to know what this is. My mom's kind of like, you know, I went home and I'm asking her about it. And she's like, well, you know, here's the real Elvis. You know, this is the, you know, show me videos. And I just became a just huge fan. I think that's where it really clicked for me that, okay, I, I, I'd watched, you know, I'd seen, I'd seen like Randy Travis live and I always loved his songs and I'd seen Alan live, you know, down at the Houston rodeo and, and, but I'd never, when I saw Elvis really watching videos of him perform, it was, it was different to me. It was like, Oh, this is, it clicked for me that it was something that I wanted to do. And I felt like I could do, I was like, I want to do that. I want to entertain people. That's what I want to do. Um, and, and then the songs are great too. You know, Elvis was a, Elvis was a country singer. You know, and he sang a lot of those old country songs. And so I think that's where it really clicked for me. And I spent spent some years. It kind of it grew from dressing up as Elvis for Halloween to 
lip syncing on the coffee table at Blue Christmas, <laughs> and then which I still do sometimes. Uh, and then eventually grew to I started singing the Elvis songs, and and my voice started changing, and I could actually sing some of those songs, and I started getting on the road going to all these Elvis festivals with my mom and it became a thing for us you know it was like my summer job and I'd travel with her and and go play all these shows and pick up some money and and then uh, make some friends along the way and and then uh, you know all the while if I ever picked up a guitar that I was playing you know I was playing Silver Wings you know that was always my kind of base of if I was if I was playing music as myself it was always those old country songs so um and then eventually, you know, got the part in Sun Records on CMT when I was in a senior in high school. And I got casted in an open call audition. We found out on Facebook that they were holding these open calls. And I figured, oh, you know, I've been doing this thing for a while now. I'm the right, I guess, age bracket to fit into it. Although I was too young to audition at the time. And I had to really fight my way in there. They told me, no, I was 17. They're like, we don't even want to look, you know, anybody under 18. And I fought my way in there. You know, I promise I'm really good. And they let me come audition, and then that was Valentine's Day of 2016, my senior year in high school. And a couple weeks later, I got a call that I had the part, so I left high school and uh, went to work on a on a TV set. And then I decided that was that that was the peak of my my Elvis. <laughs> I know. Was, I took it all the way there. When you said you grew up in Texas, I was expecting you to say you went and played honky tonks, not <laughs> were an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> but it was great, you know. That was, and that's kind of where I got. I, I think I put my first kind of time in on stage was was doing those shows. You know, I'd play, I'd play little track shows at little shows in Texas. I'd do some of the, you know, there's this kind of the Opry kind of circuit around Texas too. Grapevine had one. Uh, we used to go down to uh, Bristol, Texas, uh, the Bristol Opry, um, Waxahachie, Jamboree. I play these little kind of Opry, little small town little shows like that. Also playing, yeah, f- like full-on track shows at a, little theaters. Uh, or just uh, there's a lot of tribute bands out there and, and got some time actually playing with a band with some of those. So that was kind of my, that was kind of my, my shedding, my first form of, you know, really putting the time in on stage but I didn't realize it at the time and I don't I don't think back on it but I look I look back on it I go okay yeah that like a lot of the things I do on stage now is kind of stuff I learned even back then and and just from like watching Elvis and his live show and studying him so um and it all it all helped it definitely helped in, in Sun Records and then and then it helped me yeah even after that there are several things about you that have always impressed me since I met you, but the first thing, the first impression that I remember having of you whenever I, I saw you perform is just how calm and, and collected that you are on stage. I mean, and, and I remember even being privileged to be backstage and just watch you sit on a couch with a guitar and, and just sing and just so effortlessly. I mean, just pitch is amazing. Everything about you vocally is just incredible to watch and so I just I mean have you always been that way do you ever get nervous was was your childhood doing all those types of things did that help develop that I mean what is that what is that like for you mentally uh I think it you know I've all I had a little trouble getting nervous when I was little and I still I I definitely still get nervous but yeah I I've, I've kind of always had there's some some wiring in my brain that just I I I feel um, pretty comfortable on stage. Once I'm there, I get nervous before, but once I'm out there and once I'm in it, 
Um, and and I, I'll tell you what, I, I never get nervous as long as I feel like I've I've, I've prepared. Right. You know, it's like if I if and if I if I go up there and I feel like, you know, we haven't rehearsed enough or. I, if I haven't worked on a song enough or sang a song enough, I'll get nervous then. But as long as I feel prepared, I, I usually don't get too nervous, and, and and I try to just let those let it let it be good nerves and let it kind of fuel, yeah. you know, that kind of energy. The second thing that impressed me about you, I don't know if anyone's ever told you that you would make a great radio DJ because of the <laughs> fact I was so impressed with how much knowledge Drake had about everything. Oh my I mean, gosh, you guys can nerd out oh, for we did. hours. Oh, we did. Oh, yeah. We'll have to have a nerd out segment here. We, we did. We did. I mean, it's it's very it's very interesting to find someone your age who just knows everything and not just you know because you'll run into people yeah they know alan jackson george mm-hmm. Strait, but i mean he's back here talking about roy acuff and <laughs> these old opry stories and he i mean we were you know swapping stories about things that happened with elvis that i had no idea about that was just so cool to just sit and listen to yeah. i mean so that's i mean that's elvis is the impressive. one i really have dug into obviously with the show i mean i i dug in hard uh just trying to learn anything i could and i, I it just became fun for me since i moved to nashville really kind of developed a passion for and I'm not you know I'm not I wouldn't call myself a historian or anything like that but I just have a passion for learning about it and talking to pe- talking to people like you Freeman I mean you know all the stuff and it's just fun to pick up those little stories and and it just makes you excited to be a part of it you know when you when you kind of understand this the history of this town and and the history of songwriters and and that was the biggest thing was finding out why I liked something you know, why, why do I like this George Strait song? Oh, this makes sense because Dean Dillon wrote it, you know. Right. And it's like, okay, now I'm starting to see the, the, see everything, you know, coming together. And, 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 and it just makes you yeah, a lot more excited to be part of it. All right. Drake Milligan is our special guest today with Jenna Heideman on Should Have Been a Cowgirl, Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. When we come back on the other side of this break, I want to dive a little bit deeper into your songwriting. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back. Should Have Been a Cowgirl, Jenna Heideman and Freeman Arthur here with Drake Milligan. And Drake, obviously everybody who has seen you on America's Got Talent and and done all the things, we all know how well you can sing. But I'm going to tell you the thing that, again, I've I've listed two things that impressed me a lot about you. But the third thing really is just how great of a songwriter that you are and the fact that, you know, you've had you've had a hand in, in a couple of songs, and I remember specifically there was a song that Ronnie Dunn had mm-hmm. had sang, and I knew the song before, and you sent it to me whenever you were going over the set, and I thought, oh, this is cool. He's covering a Ronnie Dunn song. I didn't realize <laughs> until we were on stage that Drake wrote the song. Oh my god! I had no idea. So I mean, just talk about just talk about songwriting for you. Uh, well, I, I haven't really considered myself a, a songwriter legitimately until fairly recently i i do i will say i have a knack for i call myself a good song facilitator where i've been lucky enough to i've been lucky enough to be in the room with some great songwriters you know that's i I mainly just co-write you know i come up with i always have ideas and stuff like that and direction i want to do you know i want a song maybe like this or that or what i you know i have a good sense of what i want and what i like um which which helps out a lot you know when you're writing with with the a plus songwriters um and then and and being able to kind of 
you know, give them some direction and, and, and be firm in what you like and what you don't like. Um, but it wasn't until fairly recently that I've started really kind of more writing by myself and, and feeling like, oh, wow, I, I can actually do the songwriting thing, you know, not just lean on, you know, great songwriters. Um, and I think it's just by picking it up off of them. Um, but yeah, that if love ever comes my way again, Ronnie cut that. So that was the first kind of big cut I had and, and gosh, to hear Ronnie Dunn singing a song I wrote, uh, not to mention a cool song too, because it's got the it's got a very like falsetto part that you know. Why did I say goodbye? I knew I was wrong. And he's doing the whole thing, and it's just like, oh, it's so cool. Yeah, I think I think we were in San Antonio, and and for a p- portion of that, I think you broke into a little bit of a Ronnie Dunn impersonation, and it, it was. <laughs> I mean, Drake, most people might not know that Drake is really good at impersonating people. I've heard you do John, oh I've heard you do John Anderson. I've heard you do Ronnie Dunn. And, like, they're spot on. They're so good. So good. <laughs> I got a little knack for that. A little bit. A little yeah. Bit. So let's talk about, I mean, you've done a lot of stuff. And I know you've probably beat this horse quite a few times. But what was the decision to, like, go and do America's Got Talent? So, I mean, so I can, I'll back up a little bit to... Right after Sun Records, uh, right after I'd done that show, I I spent some time out in L.A. I figured, man, this acting thing is pretty fun and money's pretty good. I was like, I like might like to try me some some more of that, and uh, and spent a few months out of L.A. and and quickly figured out that that was not the place for this country boy. Uh, didn't take me long, um, and, and I was just so I was like, I need to I need to. I need to be doing music. I mean that I it's the it's the thing I can wake up in the morning and do, and uh, you know I, I I I was like man it's the it's the one I would I would gladly tr- trudge through the mud. I'll take the I'll take the not so great gigs just so I can do it. You know acting I wasn't really I was I was you know I want I wanted well, if I wanted to do something it was like I I got to really be passionate about the role um, which I was about Elvis, um, and during that time when I was out in L A. I uh, met with some producers for Amer- American Idol, and I actually auditioned for that show, and you know got got through and everything was in front of the celebrity judges and made it through. Luke Bryan said he was fired up, and uh, <laughs> there's the impression. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it, between that time, I think it was like November of maybe maybe twenty twenty November of twenty sixteen maybe. I think the audition aired early 2017, and maybe the way around. Maybe it was a year later. Um, anyways, I between that time I figured out, man, I'm not ready for this platform. You know, I'm just not. I I had done no work songwriting. I had done no work on the road as myself. Uh, no work in the studio. I mean, I was just. I it, it kind of realized to me how. I was like, man, I just, they're going to throw me up there and I'm going to sing some Elvis songs. And, you know, it's gonna, that's going to be that. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, a, 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 you know, able to strike on that hot iron, you know. So I spent, you know, uh, moved to Nashville, um, got in with uh, Tony Brown. Um, he was a, one of the first people I knew in town. And he had seen me on Sun Records and, and liked the way I played Elvis. And and we started working on that first record, and I was writing and, and just started doing the work and did that for a few years. We cut a record. Uh, it was about we – had, we had most of the record done 
um, at about March of 2020, and we were kind of ready to COVID. Yeah, COVID. The big the big C hit, and uh, and it kind of put a damper on that, and I had to sit there and and figure out you know how do we first of all how do we get this thing out how do I how do I get how do I how do I get myself out to to people in this in this day and age of of you know it's like do I do I start making TikTok videos do I you know do I make you what what is it and the opportunity for America's Got Talent came along and we go you know what we've got this record ready to go I've got a great team around me that's is going to be ready to you know to to capitalize on on whatever exposure I do get from this show and we went for it and uh you know I was I was kind of I was I was hesitant I'll be honest I was hesitant at first going I don't know if I want to do this you know singing show thing again and, and but they were so great about letting me tell my story let me have my band up there uh I got to sing my songs and and it was you know that was it was a, a perfect opportunity and a perfect time for me to do that show. And, uh, and I'm so glad I did. I made so many great relationships with, with the people that work on the show. They've got such a great crew. Um, and it just became fun doing a live show like that in front of millions of people mm-hmm. is exhilarating. Um, for me and, and for, you know, everybody in the band, it's just, it's, it's so much fun. And, uh, yeah, if you can if you can get on the other side of that and and think, man, be be proud of what you did on that on that stage, then you kind of feel like you can do anything. Yeah, and you talked about being not ready whenever you were doing American Idol because mm-hmm. you didn't feel like you had the songwriting thing under you. But what was interesting enough, and I'm sure it, there was probably some strategy behind it, but as soon as you came off AGT, that was whenever the Dallas Fort Worth album dropped, and it was just uh, amazing. That's I mean, what just I was incredible. Gonna say was that was a very strategic move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, the timing just worked out really, really well. You know, I, we happened to have that record ready to go, and we said, "Well, why not just release it right on the heels of that?" And and so it was, it was nice because you know you, you can go on those shows, and and there's some great artists that go on there, and and you feel like you know, you know, they may put out one single or something, and then try a little bit, but you don't necessarily get to really capitalize on on a big opportunity like that. And it did; it created. All of a sudden, I could go play shows in Texas, in Maine, in you know out west. I can go overseas, and there's people that have seen the clip and know me from the show. And so it's it's just a great it was a great icebreaker for me. And from that point, he played Billy Bob's, he played the Grand Ole Opry. He's done so much more, and he's got new music coming out. And we're going to talk about that whenever we come back. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. All right, so I haven't heard Freeman talk about this, but you guys played Billy Bob's, and you guys actually played it together. We did, my first time at Billy Bob's. Yeah. Which is the world's largest honky-tonk. I mean, this was really Drake's moment, but I mean, just and so many things happened at that time. And I don't know if I've ever properly thanked you for that, because that was one of the greatest musical experiences that myself and my wife, Amanda, ever got to be a part of. We had so much fun, man. Thank you for being there. It was great. It was a wonderful time. And the things that I remember from that night, I just, 
you know, and I kind of want to ask you about your relationship with your dad because I just mm-hmm. remember him. He just had he was so proud of you that oh, night. Yeah. I mean, just oh, so yeah. so proud, and it was so cool to watch you. You know, cement your hands there at Billy Bob's, and and then to go on shortly after because I don't know that it had been announced yet, but you told me that they had called you about coming and playing the Opry, and I don't think it had quite been announced that you were going to do that mm-hmm. yet, and it was just just so awesome. So, I mean, just take us through that. Yeah, I mean, I, well, with my dad, I mean, I, look, I'm, I'm lucky I got the best parents in the world. They've been, I mean, they've just been so supportive through anything I want to do. You know, it would have been so easy for my dad to to be like, what the heck are you doing with this Elvis stuff? Like, why, you know, what are you doing? And he never once has ever questioned anything I wanted to do or was passionate about. I mean, he just blindly supported me through any of that. Um, so, I mean, that and that's great. And, and yeah, I did. When we play Billy Bob's, it's funny. And every time we go back now, it's like my dad's like the mayor at those shows. <laughs> he's walking around. He's, he's you, know, and he, you know, he'll he gets tickets for everybody, and he's all of his old friends. You know, he's from that area, and, and and gets all these old those old friends want to come out, and he's like, you watch him throughout the show, and he's bouncing around, you know, going to this table, that table, and he is. He's like the mayor at those shows. So it, it's just. Yeah, I mean, I got a, I like I said, like I said, I got the best best parents in the world, and they're just they're they're great. One, great people. Uh, two, smart people. You know, my mom's my mom's a sm- smart smart person. They both have you know ran their own businesses and are able to help me out. You know, in 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 that department too. You know, because I would be lost business wise with them. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Your dollar here, dollar there. <laughs> yeah. That's why I would have never made it in the scrap business because I'm like, ah, what's fifty cents here, fifty cents there, whatever. That's what you're making your money on. So it's just that their guidance guidance and everything and, and you know, they're great people. They're funny people and and, you know, they like to have a great time and and they're very generous people and so um just yeah, I've learned a lot of great lessons from them. Yeah, and following up on that, I mean, you went and played the Opry after, like we mm-hmm. said. Was there one particular venue that you, when you started out, you said, I really want to play here? Because I didn't know with you being a Fort Worth guy if Billy Bob's was that place or was the Opry that place or was it both? Or Billy Bob's was that place for kind of a different reason than you might think. I We used to go there in, like, high school. There used to be – they would – it might be different now, but you could you could fill out, like, a parent consent form to let you go underage – uh, if you were under 18, and and they really you know, mark your hands and everything, and we'd go see you know like Aaron Watson or Cody Johnson or or uh, Pat Green, um, some of those Texas artists, and we would go down there all the time. And I've I've gotten kicked out of Billy Bob's, I don't know, <laughs> quite a few times. Probably Literally. not getting kicked out anymore though. No, no, and that, that was all. I think I think the last time I gotten kicked out, you know, for whatever, probably you know doing something I wasn't supposed to or you most of the time is you go there they put the X's on your hands and I would just go wash them off first thing you know and and you know maybe try to find a beer somewhere and yeah they their their uh, staff is very diligent there mm-hmm. you know and uh you know last time I'm going I'm gonna play this place one day and you're not gonna <laughs> be able to kick me out and I did you know and so now it's kind of funny I go back and think think about you know all the times they kick me out they can you know they could probably kick me out now but I probably <laughs> had to do a little more than that yeah so what was your experience playing the Opry for the first time? You played it a handful of times since then as well, but I mean, what was that what was that debut like for you? So, you know, it's funny that debut it was of course that's just a, always been a dream of mine, to play the Opry. And you know, that debut is so it's like nerve-wracking and it's happened so quickly, you know, you have 
filming a bunch of stuff and I had a big posse with me. I had everybody with me and it's just like, and all of a sudden you're there, it's kind of a whirlwind and then all of a sudden you're like, yep, go on the stage, it's your turn. Go up there and do it. And you're trying to take it all in. But I'll tell you what, every time I've gone back since, I just fall more and more in love with the Opry and I have a, because to me the magic of it is that backstage hang, hanging out there with country music legends, um, the time before last, I was there. Jeannie Seeley was there. <laughs> Me and her cutting up. Uh, fast friends, Charlie McCoy was there and telling me Elvis stories. And it's just, I that to me is the coolest. Kind of starting to feel like a part of that family is is the magic of the Opry. And I, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily get that on my debut. It's just such a whirlwind and so much going on. And you kind of... You sit and lay in bed that night and go, "Oh wow, I did just play the Grand Ole Opry," and yeah. and you try. It's just so hard in some of those moments to to really just take it all in. But yeah, going back to it is 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 really really fun. And you recently played the Opry with Cody Johnson. I did. That, that I did. was a great lineup. That was awesome. And Kevin Fowler, uh, Texas yes. guy, made his debut that night. So the Texas, they were the Texas audience that mm-hmm. night. That was a sold out Texas Grand Ole Opry crowd. I mean, I walked up on stage and I go. Hey, I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, and just, wah, that's all I had to say. And everybody just, you know, was going nuts. So, it, uh, yeah, that was – what a special night that was. It was really, really cool. So you shared the Grand Ole Opry stage with Cody Johnson, but now you're about to share a really, really, really big stage with Cody Johnson, doing some stuff with him on the leather tour. So talk about that, opening for Cody. Opening for Cody. We're opening up a bunch of these dates um, all across the country. And, man, it's just – I respect to, uh, Cody so much. I've just I've grown up watching him, and I've watched him grow. You know, I, it seemed like every time I go see him, I go see him in high school all the time. And every time he came around, you know, every time he came around Fort Worth, and it was always just bigger, bigger venue. Show is better and better. Songs are better and better. And it just he's it, always been an inspiring, you know, artist to me. I've, I, I can, you know, I can tell you where I I can s- tell you the first. W- absolute place I was when I heard Cody on the radio for the first time in Texas on, you know, like Texas radio. And he had this song called, uh, uh, tonight I don't care about you. And it, I can see, I can tell you where I was. It was like, and it stopped me. I was like, wow, this guy can sing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like a real singer. And so it's just so cool. And, and I admit, so a little backstory, how I kind of, you know, got on that tour uh, we played Rock the South last year in Alabama and played the same day as Cody. And I noticed during our sound check, a couple of his band guys were coming out and watching us. And and uh, and our Harrison, his steel guitar player, had come out and watch us. And and uh, we're sure enough, we're playing our set. And I look over and Cody's sitting right side stage, just watching me. I'm going, oh gosh, <laughs> I better not mess up. And I got to, you know, I went up and introduced myself afterwards. And and. Uh, I'm sure he didn't quite know what to think of me. You know, here's this long-haired dude jiggling around like Elvis on stage. He was like, but he's probably like, oh, the music's probably actually pretty good, though. You know, and uh, but we, you know, just kind of got to tell him, you know, how much I've looked up to him all these years, and and then shortly after that, uh, yeah, apparently they put a list in front of Cody of of some opening, you know, possibilities, and and he saw my name and said, well, what about that guy? We'll give him a chance. So, um, pretty cool. And he was. He made a point. I mean, he came up after uh, after the Opry the other night, uh, where everybody's kind of out behind the Opry back there. He's got his buses, and 
There was a big crowd in him, and he came through the crowd to say hi to my mom, and that meant mm-hmm. a lot to me. That that I was like, yep, that guy's a plus in my book, yeah. you know. And 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 just to tell me, he's like, man, we were watching you up there, and we loved it. I sang a sang a Marty Robbins song. I sang Devil Woman on, oh, on yeah. the Opry on the Opry the other night. <laughs> oh yeah. And he uh, he 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 was like, he's like, oh, he's like, I love, love that you did that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I just thank the world of Cody, and I'm just I'm just looking forward to. Get on that tour, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be learning. You know, I'm gonna sit there and watch. You know, get a front row seat at a guy at the top of his game right now. So yeah, yeah. I got a quick bone to pick with Freeman. You went to the Cody Johnson show in Nashville and did not invite me. I didn't buy the tickets, <laughs> and I was sitting in the rafters. <laughs> I see you guys on Instagram posting all these stories, and I'm like, Are you kidding me? You didn't even mention to me you were going this week. No, I, <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm sorry, but but it would have been much more fun if Drake would have been there opening. Yeah, that would have been even cooler for me, <laughs> for me to be able to see. I know. I wasn't doing anything that night. I was going, Man, somebody they could have called me. I mean, I'm here. <laughs> could have could have came and done that. All right, you've got new music that is coming out February 16th. We're dropping a brand new EP. Tell us about that. Brand new EP called Jukebox Songs, and uh, I cut I this like EP. It yeah, yeah. I cut this EP with Trent Wilman, which has been just so much fun. Big Trent Wilman fan over she here. Has a, oh. She has a crush on Trent. <laughs> Honestly, oh he is one of the like best. Just how do you look? How do you how, how, how can a man you, be that attractive? Exactly, you know? and yeah, like know. just carry himself and such a cowboy. Yeah. Oh man, and his 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 music I've always loved. I was a huge yeah. fan of his music. On again, off again. Come on, um, insane. Yeah, so it's been so much fun working with Trent and and having his song sense. You know, he's just got a great ear for songs, and it's been so much. It's been, it's been easy. It's been really easy working with him, and and I feel like I'm at a point right now where I understand you know who I am as an artist and what I want to say, and and picking songs and writing songs for this. Um, and once I found out the title, I you know, figured out the title. There's a song on there called Jukebox Songs at Barstool Beers, and I was trying to figure out what to call it. And I was like. I would call it jukebox songs. I mean, I, I, all I look for when I'm, when I'm, you know, listening to songs or when I'm writing, man, I want to find stuff that feels classic in a way. Stuff that kind of, you hear certain songs and it brings that kind of nostalgic feeling and you go, man, I feel like I've existed, you know, not, not necessarily that you heard it before, but it's just like, I feel right. like this song has existed for a while in the ether of That's how whatever. I felt about your last release. Yeah. yeah, Don't Leave Me Loving You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that song, so that was great. It's a, a Bobby Pinson song. Bobby Pinson, Matt Rogers, um, and uh, I believe uh, Ben Stennis on that. And, oh, gosh, I, that song, just melody. Mm-hmm. I heard that song, and I go, man, this is something I can really sing. And it and it, and it felt like me as soon as I heard it. and Or as soon as I started playing it on guitar, I was like, man, this is just feels classic in a way. Um, so... Yeah, that was it. That's jukebox songs. I mean, the the title says it says it all right there. I want I want songs that'll fit in on some old jukebox in you know middle of nowhere Texas, you know, right next to Neon Moon or something, and and not feel like it's too much of a departure from from any of that. And that comes out Friday, February sixteenth. Correct. That's right. That's right. All right, everybody, mark your calendars. Make sure you've got that or whatever you do. What do you go to Spotify and you you save it, pre save, pre save all it. the things you're supposed <laughs> to pre-saves. do. Pre saves. Pre saves are important. Please go pre save. Please go pre save that. And you also you're doing some international stuff. I know you've done some stuff before. I think I saw you over in the UK doing some shows, and now you're headed. Is it Australia and then back to Europe? We're well. We're headed. I so we went. Played C to, the C to C festival, C to C, uh, it, over in the UK last year, and it went really well. Um, 
we we got a great response and so they invited us back this year we're headed out there uh, beginning of march to play all the dates and uh one of the uh one of the headliners on it we're playing the main stages so we get to play the main stage at the o2 and and play in glasgow scotland and rotterdam and we're playing also playing a show in switzerland while i'm over there and then and we head from there to australia for the uh, cmc rocks festival and that's gonna be my first time in australia so i'm really looking forward to that i hear they they're just like a bunch of texans down there uh and and then we yeah when then we're come back for a few days and then head on the road with cody so it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a busy couple months but it's it's gonna be so cool you know they love they love traditional country music overseas yes i that's what stuck out to me last year when i went over there was how much they really and they really dive in if you spend the time to go over there they like knew they knew my western swing song they were singing every word they knew save it for so they knew they knew all these songs that i that i consider just kind of album cuts um and they were like requesting them at the shows out there and they love they just love good country music and it's so much fun talking to those people and getting their kind of insight on it all right whenever we come back we're going to finally hear some of that good country music that drake milligan has been providing for all of us now internationally across the entire globe whenever we come back rural radio 147 on sirius xm You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. All right, we got Drake set up with his guitar. What are you going to play for us? I'm going to start us (laughs) off with, this is a new song. This one's out already, uh, but it's going to be on the EP. Uh, This one's called I Got a Problem. I got a problem. Ain't nothing I can do about it. I barely slept a wink for at least a week and a half I think I'm in trouble Hell, I know I'm in trouble Cause when a guy like me gets hooked on something, it's bad your kiss tastes like whiskey, and I'm a drinker. You play with my heartstrings, and girl, I'm a singer. No, it ain't no joke. You're a smoke show, and I'm a Marlboro man. When I'm holding your hand, you're a wild card. I'm a gambler, and I was going nowhere. You wrecked my plan, girl. I got a problem, but what?
like whiskey, and I'm a drinker. You play with my heartstrings, and girl, I'm a singer. No, it ain't no joke. You're a smoke show, and I'm a marvel man. When I'm holding your hand, you're a wild card. I'm a gambler, and I was going nowhere. You wrecked my plan, girl. I got a Drake Milligan, Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. I always wanted to do that with Drake at a radio <laughs> station, but now I finally got to. Man, that's incredible. And that, and that's everybody's hearing exactly what I've been talking about through this entire interview. I mean, you just sound, I mean, better than your records in some oh. cases. I mean, just just flawless. Just yeah, flawless. Yeah, I mean, I, it, look, I will say it took a lot of work in the studio. I never could sing with headphones on. That was the biggest thing for me was singing in the studio. It was so daunting for me. Of course, first time I ever st- sat in the studio and tried to sing was in front of Tony Brown. Oh. So I was like already i was already losing you know here's a guy that's you know recorded vince gill's vocals you know it's like okay yeah well, this is this is uh scary but it took a lot of, took a lot of work and now I, i'm 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 really comfortable with singing and and you know lately when i cut when i cut songs now it's like man if i can't get a vocal in the tracking session we might as well not do it because it means i ain't gonna be able to sing it anywhere well, else you know so yeah and you typically will see people that'll do take after take after take after take. And, yeah, I mean, that that's just it's incredible. Incredible. What else you got for us? All right, I got another new one here. This one uh, is the latest latest release. Um, again, we talked about this song earlier, uh, Don't Leave Me Loving You. Uh, I just heard it, and I fell in love with this melody. And uh, also just a great, great lyrics, great story I think anybody can relate to. Heard it from a friend, you're leaving town and ain't coming back. Your heart was always running, hate that it's come to that. It's barely even over, hardly had time to cry. Girl, don't you think you owe me at least a bad goodbye? Might be too much to ask, I know. But baby, before you go, come and leave me. Come and leave me mad Come and leave my heart broken in half Leave me like someone I never knew Hating the hell you put me through Just don't leave me loving you Baby, go ahead and slam the door on your way out tell me you never love me girl kick me while i'm down make all those heartbroke teardrops fall if you ever cared at all come leave me hurt come leave me mad come leave my heart broken in half leave me like someone i Don't leave me loving you Just don't leave 
Just don't leave me loving you Just don't leave me loving you Just don't That's your part for yeah. <laughs> Man, that is one of the best vocal performances anybody mm-hmm. on Sirius XM is gonna hear today. Oh. I mean and that was that was live. I mean that was that was live. There's no there's no tricks, there's no nothing. I mean, that's that's just incredible. Um, I mean, goodness gracious, man! I, I just there's so there's so many great things that just just to say about you and and what oh. and what you've done for country music because I mean, people that look at you now, I, I don't know if you've ever kind of thought about that in this way, but I mean, you you definitely are looked at by a lot of people as being sort of a savior for for this genre and what well, you're doing. And I think, well, look, there's a the, the great part about it is I've got a lot of friends that are that are doing the same thing. Uh, Zach Top. Randall King, mm-hmm. uh, Bryce Leatherwood. I mean, there's so many young artists now, and Jake Worthington uh, making great records, really, truly great country records. Um, that I think it's going to take a whole. It, you know, it takes. It's going to take a kind of whole army of us to kind of take over and get it back to back to country. But um, I just, it's an exciting time, and I'm just, I'm just glad to be a part of that. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm here in a in a in a day where people want it and it's and it's it's coming back around to that you know I think the timing is right for for some good country music right now yeah I mean you're definitely at the forefront of all of that for all of us here and uh, so we wish you the best of luck as you continue to go on and if you are in the area do you know any of the dates that you're you're with Cody what cities you'll be in yet just go check out my website uh, dregmilligan.com uh, we start kind of end of uh, end of March um, out there with them uh we start out in massachusetts baltimore out there on the east coast we come play some shows around here lexington memphis and then we head out in the midwest um and we head all the way all the way out to like boise idaho and tacoma washington and stuff like that but uh go on uh go on uh my website uh com to see the dates i'm with cody i'm sure you can go to cody's website too and, and find all those dates and make sure that you pre-save jenna make sure you pre-save, yes, pre-save songs coming i will out add Friday. it to the new cowboy country playlist i will pre-save it there good <laughs> february 16th drake milligan coming out with brand new music drake thank you so much for taking time to come out and hang out with us today Absolutely. here at sirius xm we are so grateful for you to be here and so grateful for everything that you're doing in country music until next time I'm Freeman Arthur. You can keep up with me. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, at Freeman Arthur. Jenna, where can everybody keep up with you? At cowgirl.jenna. All right. And obviously, everybody knows where to keep up with Drake Milligan. You just Google Drake Milligan. (laughs) You will find Drake Milligan. Drake, thanks so much for being with us. For all the rest of you out there listening, we'll catch you next Sunday.